Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes, a real play Call of Cthulhu RPG campaign using Roll20.net. I am your keeper of arcane lore, Jeremy Boomstick Johnson. Your investigators of the unknown are Matt Zelish as Daniel Williams. You know, I'm really starting to feel at home in this car, and I really don't think I'm ever going to go anywhere else ever again. Brian Johnson as Samantha Sam Brewster. Does anybody have any club soda? And George Gallagher as Chuck Blaine. Um, I left my quip at home. Sorry. My dog ate my quip. Yeah. A week has gone by, so how's everybody been doing? Good, you? Hell of a week. I'm great. You know, I just feel like I haven't been contributing as much as I normally have. I feel like you have not been carrying your weight at all. I'm sorry. Well, I'm drinking a nice ice water with lime in it. This is a completely new glass of of water. And I assume Brian's not drinking anything because he's sick. Not yet, but I'm going to drink a uh, tale of the Shoney Scottish Ale from Church Street. Well, I'll fix you right up. As soon as I finish the rest of this water. Surprise, surprise. They put water in bottles now. It's, it's really weird. Yes, but only if you live in Flint. Oh. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Uh, um, testing. Is, is this thing on? Uh, hello? Oh, okay. Uh, hello, people of the world. Are you looking for some more um, excitement and um, action in your pathetic, measly, unimportant lives? <laughs> then come to us willingly to experience the excitement and um, thrill of live theater. That's right. We here at the Azathoth Actors Guild are um, looking for a human sacrifice. Willing sacrifice? No, 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 no. Uh, what I meant was an extra, an extra actor. Yeah, that's it. An extra for our upcoming production. We will be um, extending this once in a lifetime. Do it once and you're done. <laughs> Roll to you, the feeble, woeful, pitiful public. Offering you the uh, the, the chance to experience the, um, the amazing world of the theater. But hurry... This is a limited time offer, as we are Hurry. Uh, running the show only once on this coming solstice, when all of the planets are aligned <laughs> and the gates to the other world can be opened. <laughs> I mean, um, because of the lighting. Yeah, that's it. We need the unique lighting conditions that this day can provide. So hurry up. We guarantee that you won't walk away. Disappointed the same you uh yeah uh you won't you just you just won't walk away um j- you uh yeah that's that that has to be it uh so join us you won't be missed disappointed what the same oh oh bother and we're back I can't believe we let them advertise with us that we have some shitty standards. I thought it was brilliant. She's terrible people. Hey, they gave us free money and meat. Just weird for an eye doctor. All right, so we need to have someone recap the story so far. What happened last week? Oh, please, please let me do it. This time, just this once. All right, so last week, Matt sat in the car. Um, He kind of shifted around a little bit, probably turned on the radio, listened to a little bit of music, looked out the window. He missed my really soulful rendition of tequila. He... 
had a soulful rendition of tequila, switched the radio station again, kind of dozed off for a minute, and that was about it. It was a very, it was a thrilling episode. Very, very accurate, George. I applaud you. Uh, I applaud you with your accuracy. And then we did some other stuff. I don't know. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. Sam and me were at, we're in the Hall of Justice. We were fraternizing with the people there and trying to find any information. They didn't really give us a whole lot of useful information. Uh, we saw an uh, inanimate snake. That was not good. But that was about all we saw. What's his name? XQRXTUV Xander uh, showed up and started chanting, and it was all a very ridiculous spectacle. And now we are mid-sermon. Yeah, that's, that about sums it up. And as the Lord said, you shall bring forth those. Bring me the piss bucket. I can't, sir. It's a pissing distance away. Where, where is the piss boy? He is one pissing distance away. Yeah, so that, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, and now we continue with episode 14, chapter 2, Dark Angelus. Poor Daniel is falling asleep practically behind the wheel. He's not driving, though, so that's, you know, don't, don't be alarmed. Now it's the Danny episode. Meanwhile, Sam and Chuck are basically taking in the somewhat ridiculous, but still interesting spectacle of uh, Xander Lenoir inciting the rest of the celebrity group of occult seekers into chanting back and forth and making do with some stage smoke. This sort of goes on back and forth. So Xander invokes some mystical demon to, you know, help or whatever. There is a callback from the attendees. And then Betty, she's the naked young lady on the altar. Yes, she is. Produces a silver chalice. Where was she keeping that? It was sort of uh, set down by the side of the altar. She produced it, you said. Nature's pockets. Possibly from another compartment that was clumsily obscured next to the altar. So she, she raises it up to Xander and he strikes a dramatic pose and drinks from it and you can see a little bit of red on his lips and then he lowers it down to the rest of the group and they proceed to drink and watch the person who is drinking it and the silver chalice is soon passed along to sam i put my lips on the edge Uh uh-huh everybody's watching Pinch them as tight as I can and tip it in. Get it on my lip. Why don't you give me a... How about an intelligence roll? All right. Looks like you succeeded on your intelligence roll. Even though you don't necessarily ingest anything, you can smell it and you can practically taste it because you've tasted this all your life. Uh Uh-huh. It's fruit punch. Oh, I lick my lips. Yep, it's fruit punch. Pass the chalice to... To check. I guess I'll just put it up to my lips like she did. Okay. You you two easily recognize it as fruit punch. But who knows what's in the fruit punch. True. Well, we're all waiting for the spaceship to come get us. <laughs> put your white tennis shoes on. Chuck, you were the last one in line, and the robed individual who lets you into the antechamber takes the chalice from you and puts it back next to the altar. So uh, at that point, the assistant, the robed individual, goes around and starts lighting some black candles. You notice that the group of folks have lowered their heads and are muttering under their breath some weird prayer hey what's that prayer (laughs) (laughs) i lower my head and kind of look around why don't each of you give me an occult roll yeah danny where's your occult roll sorry what i can't hear you i'm in the car chuck you failed your occult roll unfortunately why don't i know ever 
ever know where anything's at. It's alphabetical. It's in the investigator cells section under the O's and before the P's. Gross. So Sam, uh, you do recognize that as you lower your head and sort of listen carefully to what other people are muttering under their breath, in unison, I might add, and Xander is, it, it appears as though he is speaking or mouthing the words, but no sound is coming from his lips, but everybody else is chanting whatever's coming out of his mouth. But with your role, you do recognize that with your occult learnings, there's really no discernible religious pattern that you can detect and no real metaphysical details that make any sense. And essentially what you're seeing and and as these people start swaying, Xander starts making these mystical patterns with his hands. It's kind of like a mishmash of theatrical gestures and dire pronouncements. Essentially harmless psychodrama. It's a pageant. We're putting on a pageant. Because you have read the Book of the Underlands, and you have a bit of Cthulhu mythos, this just appears to be utter bullshit nonsense to you. That's what I thought. You've seldom seen a worse example of someone attempting to be serious about religion or rituals associated with this type of thing, particularly since you've read that book. Then I'm going to cast Contact Ghouls. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to elbow Chuck and just shake, as my head's down, just shake my head, like, just so he knows that I have something. She just elbowed me? It's the it's a 50, so I can just, I can just, like, hit her, right? She elbowed you in the elbow, so cancel each other out. I don't think that's how it works. Suddenly, there's a crash of breaking glass and a loud scream. Tarantula. Everybody stands up out of their trance or whatever the heck they're doing, their psychodrama baloney, including the low noir. You notice that right away, that he appears to be startled as well. Why don't you give me a psychology roll? Oh, this better You work. should do well at this, Jesus Chuck. Christ. Oh, come on. I did it. Yeah, it looks like you guys both failed. What happened? You actually fumbled. That's funny. Hey, can I push the roll? Well, that's totally up to you. But if you do and it goes poorly, you know the consequence. Is it just extra bad consequences? I can't remember. It's something that I can introduce that it will be very bad for your character. Oh, guys, should I do it? I have a 60. Yes, you should do it. It's up to you, but I would say probably not. (laughs) Oh, but I wrote push rolls, y'all, on our wiki in bright colors. It's something that you should only do when it... Dire need. Yeah. Okay, I'm just a little bit bitter about the fact that the only thing I actually have a lot of points in failed, but all right, whatever. It happens. Well, this, you know, there's, you know, breaking glass and loud scream because not only that, but you see that some things have crashed through the windows into the ritual chamber. They appear to be humanoid, faceless, horned, and bat winged. Ah, yes. Horny bats. And I'm going to need each of you to roll sanity. Son of a bitch. Yay! Oh boy, Georgie, Georgie. That's not good. But I rolled the same thing twice in a row, so that cancels it out, right? Uh, sure. Did you roll two, Sam? I did. I clicked it. Did it not go? Yeah, you're above. You're above George's there. Oh, okay. So it appears that you both failed, which is not great. So I need to roll something here. George, why didn't you push it? (laughs) It's because I'm not there. This is my retribution. Well, you guys got super duper lucky. You each take one sanity damage. 
Now, as you recall, if you lose a certain amount of points of sanity within a short span of time, then you could lead to temporary insanity. So right now, you you must lower each of your sanity by one. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, that means you've lost two, right, Sam? Correct. So right now, you're, you're just really shaken and obviously not stirred. Sam is so shaken that she clutches at Chuck and is clinging to him. He, in turn, is taking a couple steps back from these creatures since you both failed your sanity rolls. Well, you know what? I'll make it this very easy for you because you've done the most research and because these creatures are relatively familiar. They're not exactly gaunts. Or not exactly ghouls. But they appear to be really close to gaunts. They look like gaunts, except for these guys have gigantic bat wings and flicking razor barbed tails. And as you are gaping at them and Chuck takes a step back and you're clutching to him, the fiends whip their tails and smash the wall lighting. The room is plunged into complete darkness. You hear shouting and screaming. Someone backs up into you and elbows you in your elbow. It's the worst thing ever. (laughs) We got elbows on elbows on elbows. Chuck, you feel something thud heavily to the floor to your right, and you hear more tinkling of broken glass. You're pretty sure that it's the tarantula that was under glass. And then you start to hear people all around you babbling. What are those things? Those things? I think I cut myself. Are they gone? Who is grabbing my arm? I got a free beard trim. Where's Lenoir? I'm over here. Where are they? It's got me. Somebody get the lights, for God's sake! And then suddenly you see someone produce a flashlight. It's amazing that all those things were said separately and no one spoke over each other. (laughs) (laughs) An incredible amount of patience in this crowd to scream their thoughts. Is it my turn to talk yet? So at this point, Daniel, you hear glass breaking from somewhere in the back of the house. Uh, I'm going to say fuck this watch, and I'm going to hop out of the car and jog around to the back of the house. Sam and Chuck, you see uh, someone has a flashlight, and they're sort of stabbing the rays through the dark, catching all these frightened faces. And then some lights come up, and you see basically a huge mess in the ritual chamber. There is the naked young lady who is striking a very unladylike pose on the floor near the altar. And she's massaging a blossoming bruise on her right leg. The rocket science guy, he is pulling broken glass out of his right hand, blood dripping onto the carpet. There is an older gentleman who Chuck recognizes as Kent Cross, an avant-garde Hollywood filmmaker. And he is sort of looking everywhere with a mixture of alarm and wonderment on his face, as if he wants to make a movie out of it. Xander de Lenoir is looking around, but trying to maintain his calm. He's smoothing down his robes. He yells out, Patience, everyone! Patience! So I'm going to need each of you to give me a psychology roll. This is your chance for redemption, Chuck. And you both failed. Oh my god, that's the third 93 in a row. That has to be worth something. The odds of that are 1 in 10,000. How about each of you give me a spot hidden roll? I have a feeling Chuck is going to roll a 93. Or a 9. I was only off by one digit. Oh, come on. Well, that's perfectly fine. I'm buried in Chuck's arm anyway. Ooh. <laughs> Chucky, give me a listen roll. 93. Oh, nicely done. So success is up the board. You 
notice immediately that someone is missing. Is it narrower? It is. Sarah Wider is gone. And then in the distance, you hear frightened screams and hysterical laughter coming from outside one of the smashed windows. What the hell? I suppose we should go investigate. Hey, that's not our job. We have to find a way outside. Well, actually, I mean, is the window like, can we climb out the window or too high or too jagged or? So you rush to the window. Give me another spot hidden. Unfortunately, you can't quite tell where the laughter and the screams are coming from. But Daniel, you race around to the rear of the house and you very clearly see and hear two winged gargoyles of some sort. Figures clutching an unfortunate figure and flying off into the night sky. Must have been something in the taco fish last time I go to that place. Is there any way that I could, like, jump the... Didn't you say there was, like, a wall around the property? Yes, there, there's a fence around the property, yes. Is there any way I could, like, climb or jump that fence? Sure, why not? Roll for climb or jump. Those are legitimate skills, and I actually do have points in climb and jump. You leap up onto the fence, and then you immediately hear a dog rushing towards the fence, barking. Damn it. Sorry, Matt's eyes got huge just then. <laughs> I thought I was actually going to do something. You are. You're going to die. Probably. Okay, I'm going to hop back down off the fence. Okay, and then you feel and hear the heavy weight of a large German shepherd smack into the fence and just viciously barking as loud as he can. You smell the waft of dead pigeons for some reason. Oh, I don't know. Nine. Bratwurst. Wiener schnitzel. Guten <laughs> Tag. <laughs> Volkswagen. Anything else you'd like to do, Daniel? I'm going to continue back around to the front of the house. You animal. You walk around to the front of the house. Chuck scans the night sky and can't see anything. He turns back in time to see everybody sort of rushing out of the ritual chamber. Uh, looks to be nervous folk, determined to get the hell out of here as quickly as possible. I'm going to see if I can find Xander. He is coming up right behind them, trying to calm them down. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait nobody needs to leave just yet. The night is young. We have more more uh, uh, rituals. And then the young guy who you met, Clark Richards, turns around and points an accusing figure at Lenoir, growling, This is all your fault, Lenoir. You brought that witch into our midst and kicked her out, and now she wants her revenge. The raven-haired young lady jumps in front of Lenoir and says, You don't know anything. It's Xander's powers keeping the rest of you safe tonight. And then Lenoir goes, That's right, Donna. If I hadn't used my own powers of darkness against those monsters, this could have been much, much worse. And then people just onto the uh, front porch, and that's where Daniel sees the front door opening and these people flooding out in a panic and splitting up. Do I see Chuck and uh, Sam coming out of the house? Well, you see Chuck and Sam standing behind Lenoir, who is in the doorway with his young little 17-year-old raven-haired beauty. Okay, I'm going to uh, walk up to the front porch and past Lenoir and right up to Chuck. So, boss... I, I don't know what kind of crazy shit you guys were into, but uh, two winged bat things just carried some girl off into the sky, and I'm pretty sure I wasn't seeing things. Uh, you probably weren't seeing anything because you were sleeping in your car for the past hour and five minutes or whatever it was. I, I have to do something, okay? Nothing wrong with catching some Zs. Did you see what direction they went in? Up. Okay, that's... Not helpful. And away. Why do I employ you? As you guys are standing there talking, the rest of the folks have mostly dispersed except for um, Mitchell Arroyo, who taps Chuck on the uh, shoulder. Yes? Uh, we have things to talk about. Meet me at the La Brea Tar Pits next sundown. Next sundown. So 
tomorrow. And he steps into his 1953 Cadillac Coupe de Ville and vanishes. And just as he drives off, you see a familiar car pull up. Oh, no. I bet it's a light green something with a thing and a whatnot. It's a cop car. Some sort of unmarked prowler. And it parks at the curb. And you see Lenoir turn and go back in and close the door. No! Out steps Manny Black and his partner Oxley. God damn it. Well, well, well. Neighbors called. Said they heard screams. Care to explain what you're doing here? We are literally doing nothing wrong, so I don't really care what you say or what you have to ask. Chuck, I don't want to go to jail again. <laughs> she dropped the soap last time and it wasn't a pleasant experience. All we did is stand here. We didn't do anything. Doesn't matter with these guys. Yeah, that's not really a convincing story there. Not with all the screams and breaking glass people heard. If you take a look there, it looks like the sun's coming up pretty quick. Are there cakes on the griddle? <laughs> No, but the cat's in the cradle. You know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we don't appreciate loiterers and prowlers. All right, we're leaving. Everybody in the car. Well, you know, why don't you come on down to the station? For what? Eh, we might just want to have a little chat. You know, I think the last time the judge uh, was a little too lenient on you. He might have some questions for you this time. For why we just left a residence that we were invited to? Uh, don't worry, the squad cars are coming to investigate a little bit more. I think it's time we lawyer up. You guys are starting to become kind of a nuisance around here. And look, you you all stick together, too, which is really convenient for me because you fit all in the back of the car. We are an investigation agency. Tell it to the judge. Come on in. Yeah, good idea. Good idea, Chuck. Yep. All I did was take a nap in the car. We'll have your badge, sir. Uh, yeah, you know where my badge is. Yeah, it's up your... No, I said your badge. Madge? You're soaking in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I pull out my uh, 22 at the back of his head and unload an entire clip <laughs> as we're at 60 miles an hour. You are unceremoniously returned to jail. Deja vu. Given a nice cell. What's your credit rating? 40. 40. 10. Well, Sam, you get the worst of it. You're, you're actually thrown into a jail cell with a bunch of hookers. Hey, smorgasbord. They're not very nice hookers. Not the, not the heart of gold kind. Oh, big mistake. Chuck and Daniel are partnered together in a in a bunk, which I'm sure is probably hell for Chuck. And and you're you're given a nice, relatively private cell if you want to talk about anything. But Sam, uh, you're you're among some ladies who have seen the rougher side of life, and they're not too thrilled with you being there, listening to their conversation, eavesdropping. I'm not listening to anything. I've had a horrific evening. I'm just gonna try to go to sleep. Late morning finally arrives. It's about 10 o'clock, and you are all sprung from jail, mysteriously. The guard comes over, and he's like, all right, you're free to go. I want to talk to a supervisor or a sergeant or a captain or a whatever. Yeah, yeah, you can talk to Cap. He's he's right out there at the desk. The president. (laughs) I'd like to speak to the president. (laughs) He has tiny hands. Speak to him, Chuck. Speak to him hard. I want to know what charges we were possibly held on. To be held overnight ah, for a second. Ah, Chuck Blaine. Good to see you. Good to see you. That's not an answer. I just... W- Whose charges? No, we we just had to, to uh, investigate that break-in, and uh, you, you've been cleared. They, they, a break-in they when we were in the so building. Good to go. Yes, yes. Uh, it was very suspicious that you guys have been popping up lately. Suspicious for us to be in a building that was broken into. Hey, look, t- tell the judge, okay? But for right now... You're good to go. I'm just letting you know. Let your boys know. We got a lawyer now because this is ridiculous. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass it along. I'm sure uh, Manny will have no problem with that. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Uh, where is Manny right now? I have a can of gasoline we need to <laughs> introduce him to. 
Oh, he's probably he's probably having breakfast or something. I don't know. Oh, good. Do you know where he eats? I have some spit I could donate to his coffee. I'm going to put Visine in his coffee. Put salt in his gas tank. Problem solved. Don't put salt in your eye. Always put salt in your eyes. You know, this whole arresting thing is getting really, really tired. I know. I'm, I know it sounds stupid, but I really feel like we should just get a lawyer because what if we're like at an integral part of this investigation and they just kind of roll up? Do you guys think it's a coincidence that they just kind of roll up? I mean, I'm not an expert on the LAPD, but we're in two like completely different precincts and there's somehow patrollers in both of them. I don't know how that happens. They're following us. There's, there's something. I mean, I have been followed by that weird green car and I've seen it more than once. What car? You've been followed by a car? I think he told us about it. I told you guys about it, yeah. As he walks, the car's right behind him. You know, I really thought there was something behind me there for a moment. Maybe we could talk to that FBI guy. Maybe he could help us out with this little issue. I don't think he provided me any contact information. Yeah, but you're meeting him tomorrow. That's today, isn't it? Or actually tonight, yes. Because it's morning now. Let's go uh, freshen up, get some sleep, and meet back at the office in a couple hours. Is that what you're telling me? I am the fresh prince. You smell like death, so... Might have been the taco fish. Sam, you're fired. Does that sound good to everyone? Uh, Yeah, I'm totally up for, for heading home, grabbing a shower, and hanging out until sunset. So you exit the police station. Daniel, you recognize a familiar face waiting at the bottom of the steps with a, a large camera and flash bulbs go off. Oh, boy. How about a side profile? Can you turn a little bit? What do you, you really need to quit with the whole... Oh, come on now. This isn't like the he I know. Oh, you want to know that he So I'm going to walk up and slug him. All right. Go ahead and give me a, a slugging roll. I have brawl. Go ahead and roll that. Oh, he easily evades you. You take a swing and you overreach. He's like this tall, skinny guy, but he's way more dexterous than uh, he looks. And he scampers down the street laughing. See in the funny papers. Yeah, yeah, next time, next time I'll hit you. I gave you that one for free, buddy. That was a warning shot. And he jumps into a uh, familiar green car and races away. You know, that guy has been following me. I've, I've seen the car. I've seen the flash bulb, but I did not have a face until now. So he's a paparazzo? What? You didn't have a face? Now that Daniel's got a good look at him and not being blinded by flash bulbs or being chased around in the dead of night, this is clearly a famous reporter for the Confidential Magazine, Sam Hoskins. And he is pretty much scum of the earth. Why would he be following you? Well, I did have two very great words in that film once. You think he's following you because of your illustrious film career? Yeah, who wouldn't want to follow me because of my film career? Everybody. I am an up-and-coming star. In porn. Long <laughs> <laughs> dong, John Silver. <laughs> uh, would you like fish with that? Snapperoo. No, not snapper. No idea why he'd want to tail me, but I've definitely seen him around more than once. Why don't we flip it on him? Why don't we tail him? Ooh, now there's a thought... Let's see what the hell he's doing and who he's reporting to. How much you want to bet it's a couple of police officers? Ooh, I like that thought train. Choo-choo, motherfucker. Except for the fact that we don't have a car because we were dragged away from (laughs) the mansion. Back to taxis. And call Uber. Excuse me, but we use Lyft around here. (laughs) Please sponsor us. I get the feeling he's going to be back around. Why don't we uh, 
head home, grab some sleep, and the next time he shows up, we'll be a little more prepared to deal with him. All right, sounds good to me. Let's keep an eye open for him. Let's keep looking for that seafoam green 1953 Chevy 150 Club Coupe. We're in America. It's a coupe. Rhymes with toupee. It's not chicken coupe, or is it? <laughs> That would be terrifying. Let's get a cab back to the car, and then we could all go to the office and then disperse from there. I was just going to call a cab and go right back to my place. We'll do it then, you son of a bitch. I'd like to get my coat out of the car before I go home. So we should probably go get the car? Yeah. Chuck, will you get us a taxi? Get us a lift. Money sacks. Fine. We're charging uh, Alfred Hitchcock double for this job. What's double of zero? Because I seriously don't think we've charged anyone for anything we've done yet. It means you have no friends. On tonight's episode of Sad Truths. So let's go. We'll go back to the car. Why we're there, why don't we just look around real quick? Because we just got out of jail for a BS trespassing charge. I'd like to go to a lawyer's office. This seems like the nitpicky kind of BS that's going to be right as we're about to make a big breakthrough. Yeah. You know? So Chuck is going to investigate what it takes to acquire a lawyer on retainer, possibly? I'm going to hail a cab and... Hitch a ride back to my apartment so I can clean up, freshen up, and maybe grab a few Zs before we head out to the La Brea Tar Pits. A few Zimas. Um, I'm going to have Chuck drop me off at the office, and I'm going to take my bus home and shower and take a nap. Sam, you head back to your place and catch a couple Zs. You're actually none, none the worse for wear for spending a few hours in jail. It's no big deal. But you are feeling a little unstable. The night really shook you up. I mean, you had to endure a snake that you thought was stuffed and really wasn't. And obviously the humanoid creatures that look much like the gaunts that you've been researching, that really shook you up. And both of those shocks in quick succession has really given you sort of pause about whether or not you should be chasing after this occult stuff. Like paws? Kitten paws. Doggy paws. You do manage to slip into a fitful nap. It is, of course, filled with writhing snakes and leather-winged creatures swooping down to take you away. And, of course, through it all, because you were the one who got to know her the most, Sarah Wider's pudgy middle-aged face... <laughs> That's attractive. Screaming as it ascends into the night sky, carried by demons. But she's probably fine, right? She's good now. She's with Brophy. Oh. Daniel, you return to your abode, get cleaned up, and of course collapse onto bed. But you, for some reason, you just can't sleep. It won't come to you. I'm playing Car Waiting Simulator 2016. It's riveting. I am going to hop on to my motorcycle and head on over to the offices for the Washington Post. It's a, a little known fact, but back when Dan was in the war, they had a, a war reporter embedded with them for some time. And he just so happens to know that that war reporter, Harrison Butler, now works for the city section of the Washington Post. And I'm going to go buzz him to see if he knows anything about our paparazzo friend. He is in the office. Daniel, how are you? Hey, man. Um, I know this is kind of an odd favor to ask. For you, it's always odd. <laughs> I've been having trouble with um, a guy named Sam Hoskins, who's been... Oh, Jesus Christ. ...kind of following me and my friends around. Not that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a real uh, he's a real piece of work, that guy. Do you happen to know, like, where he works or who he works for? I'm trying to figure out... Well, yeah, everybody knows that. He's a, he's a reporter for the... Or so-called reporter for the Confidential. That piece of shit rag. 
Yeah, I can't figure out why the hell he'd want to follow someone like me around, but he has been buzzing around me like a fly around a uh, several-day-old rock. Well, you better be careful of that one because he's uh, he's on the old commie scare right now, so you don't want to be caught up in that. Uh, Okay. Well, uh, hopefully uh, you get some big stories here soon. I've been hearing that you've been working on a little something, but... Hey, don't call it something little. You'll piss him off. Yeah, well, I'm trying to stay away from all that. I, you know, there's this uh, magnet in uh, New York. It goes by the name of Trump. I'm just trying to make sure that he doesn't get a, his hooks in there. You know, and who knows what might happen. And I thought he meant a literal magnet. And I'm like, this is not news. It's the 50s. I'm pretty sure we've established magnets. A literal magnet. How do they work? I think he's kind of a shit magnet myself, but, you know. That's just me. I don't want to get political here or anything, but... But all our Republican listeners are going to feel alienated. (laughs) (laughs) Do you uh, happen to have an address for the offices for the Continental? Uh, Confidential. 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 The the so-called confidential is a rag. It's a yellow paper. Uh, Yeah, they're just... uh... Oh, I thought he meant the information was confidential. I was like, that's a weird thing to keep confidential. (laughs) They're three doors down. Everybody knows that. Come on, Daniel. I thought thought you were an investigator. Well, uh, thanks for the info, man. Glad to to see you again. You too. Stop by any time, man. Just make sure you put my name in the wiki so we can talk more. (laughs) I will definitely do that. (laughs) He said that? And he turns to get back to work. He's chewing some tobacco and, uh, you know, working on uh, some sort of baseball story, it looks like. Okay, I'm going to head on over to the offices. You walk down and there's the confidential stenciled on their window and it also says uh, out to lunch back in an hour but if it says that all the time they'll never come back maybe that's their game they just leave it out to lunch sign all the time so no one ever bothers out to lunch i'm gonna knock on the door just to make sure they're not lying about being out to lunch you get no answer crap and then you look back and the sign has disappeared okay i'm just gonna keep note of where they are located and i will return some other time i'm going to head back to the offices, see if there's isn't anything there I can do while I'm waiting for the uh, the meeting tonight. Chuck, you are able to call the law offices of Hammerstein. It's actually a an agency that was referred to you by William, your old buddy. All right. It's, it's something that he recommended quite some time ago, but you just never acted upon it. You found their business card in your Rolodex. Oh, wait, I have a role for that. Rolodex. So, yeah, they're they're very eager to see you, and they are perturbed that there is such corruption. Yeah, very corrupt. Very perturbing. Why don't you come down to our offices, and we'll see if we can hammer out a case for you. All right. Their offices are uh, up in uh, Pasadena, so a a little bit of a drive away, but uh, not too bad. And they look pretty, uh, uh, not rinky-dink, but uh, very basic offices. There's nothing fancy about them. Uh, They do put out some uh, tea sandwiches for you and offer you coffee, but no booze at all. And uh, they basically talk to you for a couple hours about what happened the last couple days. Why did you get tossed in jail? Uh, They make a couple phone calls to judges and police stations, and by the time everything up, they are not as excited about representing you. They kind of think maybe you don't have much of a leg to stand on, or the very mention of the judge and Manny and Ted Oxley, they appear to be just sort of put off slightly by that. But but they, they give you a number, and if you if this ever happens again, call them straight from the police station, and uh, they'll come running. All right. For a, for a small retainer, if that's okay. I have 38 credit rating or something. Bring it on. 100 bucks a month. I guess I can live with that. Cool. So go ahead and put that in your notes on your character sheet. So you have the law offices of Hammer 
Hammerstein for 100 bucks a month. Daniel, I think we left you. I was heading back to the he offices. You go back to the offices and then it's empty. There's nobody there. Lazy bums. No, they've cleaned out everything. There's nothing in the office. It's empty. It's gone, McCready. I feel like we should have got those newfangled locks that Sam couldn't pick, and we would have been a little bit safer. Since I didn't shower when I was back at my place, I'm going to once again take advantage of the the facilities we have here at the office and clean myself up a bit. Gross. All right, you get all cleaned up, and uh, let's fade the scene to sundown. It's time to go meet... Your buddy. So who's all going along? I know I am. I'm going. Uh, I think all of us are going to go. So you all pile into Chuck's car? The Chuck wagon, as I like to call it. Meanwhile, in Chuck's car. Do you want us to to get out with you when you speak with him, or just stay in the car? If we can park close enough to keep me in sight, then you guys can just stay in the car. Yeah, I mean, he did ask to meet just Chuck. If other people show up, he right. might get spooked. I didn't want to intrude and scare him off. So you pull up to the uh, La Brea Tar Pits? And these, of course, are natural deposits of tarry asphalt, which have been bubbling up in the area of Hancock Park for thousands of years, forming large pools into which many Ice Age creatures lumbered and met their doom. Today, the pits are fenced off to protect the unwary, and the whole place is encompassed by Hancock Park. Scientists scour the pits regularly for well-preserved fossils. In the 50s, large mammal specimens, such as a woolly mammoth, are pulled from the muck to the delight of both the scientific community and the general public. And as the sun is starting to set, uh, you guys pull up and you see that a lot of visitors are starting to depart the park. You do see Arroyo's Coupe de Ville. Uh, It is empty. I don't think we're going to be able to hang out in the car, boss. I mean, we can tail behind you as best as we can, or we can just stay put if you want. It's up to you. Let's do that. Just stay as far back as you can. Don't fall asleep, boss. You got to talk to this guy. Okay, why don't we be a couple, Danny? Okay. We're just taking a walk in the park. So let's, uh, I guess we'll tail him if we can. We'll find some sort of bench and just kind of sit and... What, how many feet behind him will you tail him? 40 feet or so? 30 I'd feet? say 40 feet is probably a good distance. It's a pissing distance. That's four pissing distances. So Chuck, you stride into the entrance to the park. Uh, you pass a mother who's rounding up her two young boys who are both wearing Davy Crockett coonskin caps and shooting madly at one another with wooden pop guns. Sam and Daniel, you pass a young couple. The girl is wearing her boyfriend's varsity jacket and she kind of looks knowingly at Sam. And they are clearly headed for a convertible Buick Skylark park nearby. And as you enter the park, Chuck, you are just taken by how big the Hancock Park is. And the sun's going down so there's shadows all around. Nearby, tar pits are bubbling up almost like an alien landscape with asphalt spewing into the air occasionally as the bubbles pop. And there is a, a scent in the air, that combination of old engine oil and uh, rotting flesh. Yummy. Chuck, you immediately spot Mitchell Arroyo. He's on a bench near one of the pools. All right. I shall approach him. As you uh, come up, he kind of looks at you and looks around a little bit. He says, uh, walk with me. He starts walking. I think I'll walk with him. Uh, And he he starts talking. He says, uh, listen, uh, you people are new to Lenoir's little club. Before you get in too deep, you need to know a few things. I'm in pretty deep, and things are getting really weird, even for this set. But you're new. I figure the others are too scared or too self-centered to share what they know and don't expect any help from the local law. Most of the cops around here are a little more than thugs play-acting at being the good guys. 
Shocking. They line their pockets with graft and hope nobody notices while they preen and pose like they're on some network show playing Honest Cops. They're pretty lousy actors, if you ask me. I agree. Anyway, you should know a few things, especially after what happened last night. Then you can decide how deep you want to get. Matt, get ready on the wiki. Things about to go down. My fast-flying fingers are ready to work. As I mentioned, I, I, I work for the FBI... And I, I joined the uh, Church of Night for one thing, and that's to investigate Clark Richards. I'm pretty sure he's a commie. You know, as I was investigating, I found out that he was already a member of the occult. I think he's up to no good. So I noticed, too, that each of these other celebrities sort of popping in for their own reasons. And not just an interest in the occult, but they, I think they have their own designs. I'm not sure who might be a commie, but for sure I think uh, Clark Richards is. So he's the one I'm after. You know, there was another celebrity who was a member for a little while, but she got booted out. Uh, her name was uh, Jean St. Jane. Yeah. She was a weird bird. She was even more different than Lenoir. She was like, I don't know. She really seemed to demonstrate spectacular occult powers. She seemed dangerous? I don't know. I can't decide. I mean, you had to see it to believe it. She's just, she has a certain air about her. Do you think she is a danger to people, though? Well, not in the traditional sense, no. I, you know, she, it's weird. She, before she got kicked out, she broke some sort of rule, some sort of church rule. I think she, she brought her boyfriend along and she tried to summon something and succeeded. Lenoir jumped in with these crazy chants, like chanting against her or something. I don't know. It, it must have distracted the thing that she summoned and it, it broke free of her control or something. And oh, it grabbed her boyfriend and then just sort of shimmered out of sight. That could be a problem. Look, I, I, I know it's crazy. I, you know, especially what we saw the other night. Uh, you know, it's, I can't really say anything because my superiors wouldn't believe any of this. And it might relieve me of my job and that would, you know, be a bad news for my investigation into the commies. Yeah, it wouldn't be good news, that's for sure. As he speaks, you happen to notice there's like this old Mexican woman dressed in a poncho, traditional garb, and she has a large, giant reed basket strapped to her back. She seems really odd. No. She looks like she's about 100, 100 years old. Uh, why don't you give me a spot hidden, Chuck? That looks pretty good. That's a success. It's very strange. Two things you notice. She smiles up at you, and her mouth is just got no teeth in it at all. Yum. And her basket, the reed basket, appears to be full of the tar from the pits that you're passing. I'm not positive, but I don't think you're supposed to take that. Stop in the name of dinosaurs? As you pass her and she passes you, she continues to smile. At this point, Daniel and Sam, you also see this. Just a little old lady, a wizened, and she's like just sort of hobbling and carrying this heavy basket on her back. And she's smiling up at Chuck. And then she reaches out her hands and her arms unnaturally elongate. And she grasps Agent Arroyo and she lifts him up and drops him into the basket in her back. Oh, shit. And you hear a bubbling, sizzling sound as he inexorably slides into the black sludge. And she starts cackling madly. <laughs> and that's where we'll call it. Oh, well, shit. Holy crap. All right, is that a good, good place to stop? Yeah. No, <laughs> but yes. Anybody else want to go swimming? Well. We're going to move on to our recommendos section. And let's start off with Brian. Okay, now 
I'm about probably seven or eight years late on this train. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. I just started using Reddit, and I, I, I am addicted to this. So I use uh, Relay, which is a great app. Matt suggested it for me. It, it just cuts out all the junk. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. And it's um, streamlined, and you can your categories are nicely labeled, and you can look at exactly what you want to look at without all the noise filtering in. I paid for the pro version of that app, and I do not regret it one bit. Thank you very much. There's hours of my life gone. Welcome to the cult of Reddit. I'm in the same boat, Brian, because I for years I just I didn't really care, but but now I'm like you know able to pick which reddits I'm uh which, which channels I'm able to follow and I'm using uh relay on my phone but I'm using redditor in my browser uh, I like it because it's a lot like hootsuite where you have columns that you can follow each of the uh individual channels that you're following and it's just kind of a cool way to go about it so I like it too and it's surprisingly mostly positive stuff goes up on this and at this in this day and age you kind of need a little bit of positive because you got there after they started filtering are the donald no i saw some of those before they started to do that you know you have it bad when you uh get off your computer from browsing reddit go to the bathroom sit down pull out your phone and open reddit and wonder what's changed i would never do that i do it on a daily basis it's a serious problem phones don't belong in the bathroom (laughs) you dip your phone in your shit all right matt how about you buddy what's your recommendo this week i am recommending a really awesome game called Stardew Valley. It is a spiritual successor to the Harvest Moon series, if you're familiar with that. Uh, it's a really, really great game. Beautiful pixel art game, and the whole thing has been developed by one guy over several years now, and he's done a fantastic job with this thing. It is incredibly addicting if you were ever into any of the uh, the Harvest Moon or farming type games. And if we weren't, what's the gist? In Stardew Valley, you play a character who has decided to move away from the city and stop working so you take over your grandfather's farm in the valley of stardew valley and it's you know it's you tending to your crops and growing your farm and you can get animals and you can you know grow trees for orchards but there's also an underlying uh, hidden story behind the whole thing that you kind of slowly discover as you integrate your way into the community there all right george how about you i got new headphones for my xbox astro a40s work with pc2 but not this exact version because it comes with a little mixer that you plug into your xbox one controller for mixing uh audio volume and game volume and they were pretty reasonably priced i think i paid 150 and the sound quality is good and they're just ridiculously comfortable they're so comfortable and that was worth every dime right there all right i have a sort of a weird uh, recommendation this week google just came out with a new app called trusted contacts and this is something that i've been wanting google to come out with for a while because they already have location services built in your phone that sort of thing and what this does is it allows you to select certain contacts from your very trusted contacts. So I have Brian and I have uh, Juliet, my wife. And essentially what it is, is it allows them to request my location or my phone's location at any time. So let's say I'm driving to Detroit two and a half hours and I'm an hour late to Brian's house. He could request a location from me because maybe he's worried about me. It's a snowstorm. It's the middle of winter. If I don't respond in a certain time, then it will automatically send a location to him to let him know where I am. This is a a good safety app, I think, because you want to alert certain people if uh, things aren't going well or if you're worried about somebody. So if, you know, I'm worried about Juliet, you know, 
know, if she travels out of the state or whatever, I can I can sort of keep tabs on her, and she can basically respond back that she's safe and and that sort of thing. So it's called Google Trusted Contacts. It was actually released, I think, today or yesterday. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Feel free to send comments to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. The shower or the bathroom like Matt does. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you don't like what you hear, get bent. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com and on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. Also interact with us on reddit.com slash r slash lovecrafttapes. You can find my fiction, which is mostly horror fiction, on Amazon. Just search for Jeremy E. Johnson or Sheila Helsing, Demon Huntress. I'm also on Twitter at Boomstick Brew. And uh, for continuing stories on the development of Car Waiting Simulator 2016, follow me on Twitter at The Real Weird Kid. And you can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore Brewster 2. <laughs> it's an audio podcast, church. Yeah. He said, Mom. Mama. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we thank you for watching, listening. Have a good evening. Goodbye. Bye bye. Goodbye. Thank Goodbye. you. The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Mm-hmm.